Hello there, it's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, he's no stranger to heartbreak, it's Anthony James. Good afternoon, good evening, and, and good night. We're doing musicals nice. this week again, Conrad. You've developed a, a, a kind of... Uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a famous musician who had a speech impediment there. I was going to say... Stevie Wonder, but he had a different kind of impediment. Um, no, not speech. I don't know if there were any singers that had speech impediments. Oh, uh, Gareth Gates. <laughs> he had a. I think he had a stutter. Um, Did he sing Evergreen? Evergreen. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with him. Maybe. No, maybe. no, it was Will Young, wasn't it? He came second to Will Young on Pop Stars or Pop uh, Idol. Pop. Yeah, something that. like that. Oh, I think Will Young <laughs> had a bit of a had a bit of a Jonathan Wass thing going on. Hundred percent. Yeah, what they both one of them had a lisp and one of them had a stutter. And I tell you what, this conversation about 20-year-old uh talent shows is really gonna hit with the youth demographic. And the youth is who this movie that we're talking about this week <laughs> is aimed at. Um, but without further ado, how about we talk about some gosh darn movies? Let's do it. Movies, especially bad ones this week. Um, we're talking about, of course, Dear Evan Hansen. The musical, I put in uh, it, it, inverted it, it, it is a musical. It is, a, in I mean, fact, it is. in fact, it, it, it's only a musical in my eyes. Because if it was a, not a musical, this would not be even worth talking about, even as a joke. I mean, okay, like so, not to put the cart before the horse, as I'm as I'm want to say. But at what point does playing essentially the same song thirty times <laughs> while the camera slowly revolves around a fifty year old man pretending to be a teenager stop being a musical. Like is that does does that <laughs> Does that count as a musical? Because I feel like they're cheating. Um, I, I, Anthony, I've got a, a, a question for you before we get into the, the bashing of Dear Evan Hansen. I am going to let you speak. Um, but um, I don't know if you know this. You're, you're probably you're probably more well-versed in stage musicals than I am, to be honest, even though I, I am quite a big fan of musicals, but I, I've only seen a few of them. Um, but they announced fairly recently that they were going to do a, a, a movie adaptation of uh, Wicked. Have you seen mm-hmm. Wicked? Yes, I have. And there was a petition, wasn't there? Yes. What were you going to talk yes, about? So there, was, yes. there, was a, there was a petition which reached 65,000 signatures for them to not cast James Corden <laughs> in it, which... First off, I mean, <laughs> online petitions, they're very hit or miss. Sometimes they come across as a bit stupid. That is a mwah, mwah, I mean, chef, yeah. chef's kiss petition. That is spot on. Um, Fantastic <laughs> petition. I think we could all get behind that. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've seen him as a mouse one too many times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one would have been one too many times. And I feel like he's done <laughs> it. He's done it. Well, he was a cat the first time. But I mean, either way. I don't want to see James Corden as an anthropomorphic animal ever again. Yeah. He's not in Dear Evan Hansen, but my question to you is this: Would this kind of fit his level? I mean, <laughs> like, he would he would have been closer to the age of, Dear, of Evan Hansen potentially than the actual actor. But uh, uh, no, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know who could he have been in this. The stepdad, maybe. <laughs> oh, he could have been anyone. He could he could have played Amy Adams's character. He could have played Julia. <laughs> yeah, Julia yeah, Moore's that's true. Character. Actually, yeah, he's... anyone. Just stick him in there, James Corden. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he has a level. Um, and it's awful. And I feel like if if we're going to insert him into movies, it might as well be movies that are already awful, uh, just so we can kind of get it out of the way. So yeah. let's do a, a credibility check first. Uh, mm-hmm. You've seen the Broadway musical upon which Dear Evan Hansen is based. 
I have uh, no. I've listened to the album. Uh, the oh, actual. You've listened to it. Sorry. The, the, yeah, the, the 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 soundtrack of it a lot of times, and I've also watched a lot of like clips from it. Uh, but oh, just okay. to get out ahead of anyone thinking there, I did not go into this thinking this was a good. Okay, the the music. We're gonna get into Conrad's claim that it all sounds the same. It's you know this is not Mumford and Sons, but at the same time, uh, yes, yes, there are one or two very good songs in this. I think a lot of them bring back. Some musicals, to be honest with you, overdo the the bringing back of the motifs from the the main song, and this one yeah. maybe does that. Um, but there are a few good songs. <laughs> there are a few good songs in it. But I have issues with the songs overall. But when I listen to when I listen to the album, I'm in no way thinking about the storyline because the storyline, yeah. as we'll get into, is a load of old horse shit. Yeah, I mean it's troubling. We talked about yeah. it before. It is a troubling storyline. It's a story of a a young menacing boy who. Uh, <laughs> Young in- infiltrates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, young, um, menacing boy who infiltrates a grieving family. Um, this is. Uh, I hated this movie. I hated everything about it. Uh, I'm I'm going to say it now, but we'll we'll get into it a bit more in a, in a second. But I mean, I just wanted to to get out ahead of that and be like, okay, you 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 quite mm-hmm. like the music in this. I found the music to be uniformly awful apart from one song which i am looking forward to talking about because there is one song there's a gleaming ray of oh, light in this movie where it's like ah, oh, is it going to realize that this is ridiculous and it should have a sense of humor about itself and then it doesn't for the rest of the movie um but uh yes this is this is a, a humorless joyless just gray colored soupy bowl of gruel gray colored it can't it's blue it's blue they, oh, well, it's blue. but i mean it's just yeah. it's just, it's just muted there's no joy yeah to yeah this okay okay it's interesting you mentioned that i know you're about to go into sort of the breakdown of the first scene or whatever as we normally do but this is relevant to that because okay. you said that there was a there was a the song which we'll get into which you really really sort of liked and thought that it was going to go down a particular path you know uh, yeah. It almost felt like John Cleese was going to come onto the screen at any, any second. That's, that's that sort of farcical nature to it. Yeah. But interestingly, the way they open this film is a lot more somber than the way that the actual stage musical opens. And it's interesting because, yes, in the stage musical, they very much put forward that false uh, you will be found message, which I really have a problem with because the, the, the point is that this fella is lying and, you know, and, and like the, the big reveal at the end of the film, which we're not going into, that, uh, that that is meant to be taken with a lot of weight. We don't know that yet. And all this, this guy is just like singing. Anyway, the point is the first song in the musical is actually sung by the two mothers, basically, like the two families. Okay. Um, and it's about how... Um, Evan's mom isn't coping with parenthood as well as uh, Connor's mom is not coping with parenthood. And it's called, does anyone have a map? And it's, does anybody have a map? And it's really like fast paced, an opening song. Um, And it's really sort of a kind of jovial nature with some undertones of seriousness in there. The way this film starts is nothing, none of that. There's no hints of any like, you know, sort of joyfulness. It's all this socially anxious teenager who is definitely not autistic, even though I know a lot of people who listened to the musical and thought, oh, it's about an autistic guy. It's not. No, it's not. It's okay. more about mental health, I suppose, if they're going for something. But they start so somber. They start so somber. Yeah. And I just, it, to me, when I first started watching, I was like, where is that one to get us to know everyone? And- yeah, you you need to kick things off with a bang, you yeah. know, musical guys. It can't just be let's get into the shit right up right up front like you need to you know get people in the door with something that they're going to enjoy yeah. um so something that, that i thought was quite interesting and maybe you can you can confirm or deny this uh, my understanding is that the broadway musical upon which this nightmare is based um is even more earnest in its kind of 
storytelling but i think there's a di- there's obviously like a difference in medium i think musicals musical theater i like musical theater i'm not talking down to it but it doesn't really allow for subtlety it's not it's not a oh, very yeah, subtle yeah. medium mm-hmm. um whereas when you adapt it to film suddenly all of the kind of questionable decisions that Evan Hansen and other characters uh, make in this story are you you like I hold a magnifying glass yeah. over them and it and it's it it goes from being something that maybe you could gloss over because that's ah, a funny little story and you know the music's kind of carrying us along to oh this has become quite sinister and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and I agree and with you I, I agree with you 100 and the thing is as well because we're in the film we're in the house of of the family that he's yeah. lying to and it's like not like being on stage as you say there's a bit of like oh let's just get to the next song in the musical and like yeah. they're on the stage it's clearly all fake so you sort of go along with the farcical nature of this in the film you don't have that like you're in the principal's office you're in their yeah. house it's any moment you're just like own up to this mate what are you like what are you actually doing like yeah. does it yeah i think that this is a storyline where if they managed to have you actually go along with each beat you, it might be salvageable but there's not one moment where I maybe the first conversation there's a question, but there's not there's hardly one moment where I think to myself it's realistic that he's not telling them. No, no. Um, okay, so I mean, let's 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 lay the groundwork yeah, here yeah, then for, yeah, the, for yeah. those of you let's who haven't it. yet seen this. So, uh, so Dear Evan Hansen is a 2021 uh, release, so it, it it will be considered for next year's Oscars. <laughs> um, directed by uh, Stephen Chbosky, who is a director I have not heard of before. And it was adapted by a writer called Stephen Levinson from the musical written by Justin Paul and Benj Pasek. Uh, so those are the names that need to be committed to whatever uh, legal case is formed after, <laughs> after the dust has settled on this movie release. Um, it stars Ben Platt, who uh, is 28 years old, but is going on 50 by the looks of him. In this. He's the OG. Um, He's the OG. He is the OG. So, I mean, <laughs> I I understand that, you know, those those Hanson heads out there, they were crying <laughs> out when they, when they heard about this movie coming out. Mm, they up. said... Do you cannot cast anyone apart from Ben for this role? <laughs> they said we gotta bring Ben back, even though he's a 75-year-old man and, <laughs> yeah. and, and can't play a teenager anymore. It's like, but he's got his prostate check at 10 a.m. Doesn't matter. Get him in for 11. We'll delay it. Yeah. He's he's got problems with one of his testicles. Like we he needs to go to go to the, the, the doctors, and then he's got an appointment with an orthopedic surgeon. Um we'll CG out the cane. It's okay. Yeah. He so he plays Evan Hansen. Evan is, um, as I've said before, a young a young boy, mm-hmm. a young boy who suffers from anxiety and writes letters to himself to cope. Um, uh, and his mother is uh, played by Julianne Moore, who I don't really like Julianne Moore that much as an actress, but she's above this. She's above everything mm-hmm. that happens in this. Um, she is an Oscar winner. Let us not let us not forget that she won an Oscar for Still Alice. Um, yeah. Somehow, somehow she had not not that still Alice was was or all the Oscars in general are a great barometer for for quality. But I haven't seen Still Alice, but uh, so I really need to watch it because I, I a million jokes come into my head whenever I think of it because I just can th- I just can think of all those jokes in all those comedy shows saying if you want to get nominated for an Oscar, play play, play like someone with Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's, someone with Alzheimer's, yeah. someone who's yeah. disabled, someone with cancer. You know, it, this is how I feel about it. I haven't seen yeah. the film. Yeah, I, I mean. I have quite disingenuously assumed that that is the case with that movie. Maybe it's not, 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, it takes quite a lot to get me in the door of a a very serious drama about someone suffering from Alzheimer's. Because even yeah. if it's a good movie, it's not going to be a fun experience. Listen, that it. that an aspect of that of that reality is coming to every one of us in our life, and we'll be oh, we'll absolutely. we'll be a part of a story like that in our life. Why do yeah. I want to watch an hour two hours? Yeah, of it? I, I feel like I'm knocking on the door of that already, uh, to be honest. <laughs> um, so okay. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna criticize Ben Platt an awful lot during this, but I'm, I'll 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 compliment him for one thing up front. Uh, he is a good singer. He's a good singer. Yeah, like, that's why he, he's yeah. able he's able to carry carry the songs very well. And it's a good thing he is because uh, like ninety five percent of the songs in this are literally the camera slowly revolving around him in a darkened room as a spotlight shines on him and he sings a solo. Uh, which... Where thankfully the rest of the pupils cannot see him when he's standing amongst them because if they saw him and they thought they must, who the hell is this stranger danger? Stranger danger. Yeah, I mean it's, it's literally the the Steve Buscemi how do you do fellow kids with like the skateboard over the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. like, it, it, it it's it's farcical. <laughs> how much and li- listen they I, I don't want to backseat write this but if you're gonna cast him you need to go whole hog with this and just be like this is a comedy now everything about this is gonna be or gonna be make it in college at least that'll that'll do something like he's a mature student but what, yeah. I, what yeah. I would say as well though is we can't overemphasize how much it takes you out of it like there's there's not one moment there's not one moment in this film where I am suspending my disbelief that he's in high school. No. Every moment he's on the screen, I am thinking to myself, I'm watching a movie and that man is 45 years old. Every single moment. There, 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 there's a moment when Zoe, uh, the love interest, who, who, who we'll come back to in more detail later because uh, her relationship with Evan is perhaps the most troubling part of the yeah. entire movie. Um, she talks to him after um, her brother Connor um connor is that his name connor guy? Yeah. connor yeah uh, after a brother connor like shouts at him um and he he is so consumed with anxiety that he he runs away but he doesn't just run away he does the traditional like naruto run with the arms like <laughs> out behind him and i'm watching a man yeah i'm a man in my 30s uh i like to think i have the self, enough self-respect to never run like that um <laughs> i'm watching a man close to my age do it uh, was one of the most profoundly upsetting <laughs> things I've ever seen in a film. Uh, it really was. Considering um, she looked her age in the film too, it's yes, odd. Everyone but... else looks their age. Like Connor yeah. looks like he's, you know, an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old, yeah. like maybe into his early 20s, but he he doesn't bear the, the ravages of age upon mm-hmm. his upon his brow like Ben Platt. Veins does. popping out, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's like a, a faded tattoo that he's <laughs> tried to have removed of a, of a former love on his, on his cheek. Um, <laughs> So this movie flirts with being a comedy, um, but it never quite commits, uh, never quite commits to the kind of like obviously farcical nature of the central conceit, mm-hmm. which is that Evan writes letters to himself. Um, he is in the process of printing out a letter to himself that Connor, the kind of, I guess you call him like mentally disturbed. It's never really established what is up with him, um, mm. but he's not well mentally. You know, he, he's he's got some mental health issues. I think anxiety. I think it's anxiety. You know, it might be anxiety. It might be, like he's got some anger issues as well, as, mm-hmm. as it's revealed later. But he uh, steals Evan Hansen's uh, letter. Um, and also signs his cast as a kind of uh, to say sorry for having mm-hmm. shouted at him earlier in the day. And um, unfortunately, he goes home and commits suicide. Um, and the, the letter that Evan Hansen wrote to himself is found among Connor's possessions by his grieving parents, played by Amy Adams and another guy. Danny Pino. Danny Pino. I, I always want to think, like, it, it, the, when I see this guy, I think it's Chris Messina, and it's not, but they're kind of interchangeable yeah, yeah. in my head. Um, 
again, talking about actors and actresses who are so far above this, Amy Adams. <laughs> what the hell? God love you, but what are you doing in this? This Come is on, this Amy. is this is after she did Arrival. Yeah, like you have, she has her pick of the litter. She has like Denis Villeneuve, like all the bells of the ball, like ringing, ringing, like down her door, being like, "Come and be in this amazing film." It's like, no, no, I'm gonna make Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> someone, someone, check on Amy Adams' family because because Stephen Jabowski has kidnapped one of them to make her do this. I'm certain yeah. of that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's our central conceit. It is farcical. I don't understand yeah. how you don't see that and be like, well, there's got to be some jokes in this because it's obviously a black comedy uh-huh. waiting to happen. Um, and but, it's, that, no, it's not, but it's not, though. That's the thing. It, it is nothing. No. It's the opposite of black comedy, which is what always annoyed me about it. Um, I don't know about you, Conrad. Like I talked to you just before we started about I wanted to mention something about the marketing. Now, the marketing of this uh, mm. film and musical over the years has been insulting, I believe, because the idea that... It, it, it is put across the whole idea of you will be found and, and gets to the point where Evan Hansen is with the family and pretending that he knew Connor. And it gets to the point where he gets involved in a charity within school oh to, to, to sort of talk about Connor and, and talk about the problems of mental health and how to get help. And he stands up on stage and while lying to everyone about knowing Connor, he gives this speech, which turns into the song, you will be found. And the whole thing is it goes viral. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, Conrad, that in that in the in the show, it's a lie. It's it's a it's a lie what he's doing. But the way that they market this musical, or have and have always marketed, it is you will be found. And it's and it's it's a it's a deep and and knowing message that you should you should know that you're wanted and you're valued, and that, you know you will yeah. be found. And there's there's not an aspect of irony in what they do. And I'm just like, have you have you seen the musical that you're marketing? Like, yeah. what, what is this about? Like. Well, so uh, it's really interesting you say that actually, and talk about like the music in it because we're gonna we're we're getting now to the the one song in this that I really liked, um, and it comes quite early on. So essentially, Evan Hansen decides he fancies the the deceased Connor's sister. He has a bit of a tumultuous relationship with his mum because she's a nurse and he doesn't uh, get that much attention from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this grieving family unit he finds a place where he feels loved. So he decides to live in the lie and say, yeah, I knew Connor and make up a whole bunch of shit about him. Um, And there's an initial song where he softly sings about a fucking orchard or some nonsense at the dinner table that is just, I I just, just washed over me. He used to love that orchard. It was like someone just blew hot air in my face as they walked past me on the street. It just meant nothing. I mean, there are a couple of moments where Evan Hansen is literally standing up in their house while they're all sitting at their dinner table, screaming at them with song. Well, okay. The other, so just to visit that briefly for a second, because it happens multiple times. I, I like my musicals to acknowledge that a song is happening. Yeah. Like you, if if it's a song, let's have a sing song and let's all have a dance and you know it's fine. It's a bit silly, but whatever. In this, Evan is singing and no one else around him sings for the most part. And it's like, okay, so is this just his inner monologue? Is this is this this musical that's happening and everyone else is just going through this really sad drama about a boy who's killed himself? Like it, it's just it's yet another way in which this just has no joy to it whatsoever you're right um, there's no joy i do like that there are aspects of that in other musicals that i like but it always it's always done in a somber way if you yeah it's it's and, and unfortunately you're right about the song at the beginning um with, with connor singing and everything the, the really jovial one that's the only one 
that really had any of that. The rest of it is singing, yeah. like the, the family singing about how they don't care about their brother's death. I will sing no requiem. Uh, there's one about how you will be found, which is all a farce anyway. Uh, Evan Hansen, uh, we'll get into it, is just trying okay. to uh, use the use the death of uh, this guy he didn't know uh, to get with his younger sister. It's it's all very strange. <laughs> well, okay, so I'm going to compliment it now. Then I'm going to I'm going to talk about this song for a second. So it's um, I think it's called Sincerely Me. Looking yeah. at the track listing, so there is a song that sounds like uh, I don't know if you know who Ben Folds is, but yeah, um, but it sounds like a Ben Folds song. Like mm. it's got that kind of like really upbeat kind of poppy um, but, uh, twang to it, but it, but actually quite somber somber lyrics and somber content under underneath the, the the happy sound. And it really appealed to me because you've got Evan and Connor like clearly playing up how happy they are because it's it, it, it the song takes place while Evan is. Uh, falsifying emails to like corroborate his his past relationship with Connor so that he can build this lie and it's basically them going through all of the experiences they've had together and it's really funny and I, I was watching it and I was like okay mm-hmm. now you now you've hit something movie like let's stick with yeah. this because this is going to be good and it's the only song like that in the whole movie like after that it's just straight back to right down the middle earnest heartfelt nonsense and it and it, I, it feels like it was written by a different person that song i don't understand yeah. how that that snuck in there maybe maybe the broadway musical has a few more because i know that we were talking before this about how hmm. some are cut from this well the first um, what the first one does anyone have a map is a yeah. little bit more jovial uh the other one is not jovial at all which we'll get into later but yeah okay. this this is like a very much standalone song this one and it just feels like this is actually like if they'd done the whole musical in this tone, it actually would be pretty cool. Like the, it would be very farcical, you know. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and you it's... could still you could still have the like this central kind of uh, dramatic tension of oh, Evan's going to get caught in this mm-hmm. lie, and there's going to be a big fallout from it. But I think I think the 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 fundamental flaw in this movie. So so as um, as Evan kind of kind of gets ingratiated into this family unit with Amy Adams and 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 the dad whose name I've already forgotten because it's not Chris Messina, um, <laughs> and and Zoe the sister, and they kind of they play off Connor's lies with Zoe t- talking about her actual experiences with her brother, where she mm-hmm. says like, oh, he was actually quite abusive to her, and Evan is not only a kind of well, he's not only lying to her about his experiences with with Connor, but he's also making her question her relationship with Connor because he's telling her things that he actually thinks about her, but through mm. the through the, the the voice of her brother. So it's it's just incredibly manipulative, like and 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 uh, it, it is sinister, like and it's <laughs> you could do that if it was a comedy because it would be like well i don't <laughs> yeah. i don't want uh, obviously i don't want him to succeed but they're asking you i think to kind of be on evan's side in this and yeah. be like he's just a he's just a quiet boy he just <laughs> needs someone to look out for him it's like no this is the kind of motherfucker that would like shoot up a mall in, like if he wasn't if he wasn't doing this and i i don't i'm not I'm only like half joking about that yeah like, no i know yeah he's like yeah. a sociopath in this it's really really troubling Yes, I know. Like that is one of the biggest, and exacerbated, of course, by the fact that he's so old. But yeah. it, it is one of the one of the biggest problems is his his pursuing of this of this young woman. Uh, yeah. And I and I think that I it's I like that now. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. It has been out for a month or two, so it's not really that big spoilers. And it's, the musical's been out for years. But I like that they didn't end up together because if they did, you know, I I do like that that aspect of yeah. it as well. There's a little bit of saving grace, but. 
I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that I think the idea that he uh, uses them to get to her. I don't even know why she gives him the time of day at the end. I think really the characterization of this film is all over the place. Um, The stepdad is an interesting fellow. Um, We'll we'll say (laughs) he talks to Evan about like just baseball. It's just the most generic thing that a dad can talk about right yeah okay that's what i wanted to mention so guys if you stay around till after the credits of this podcast uh on the youtube version i'm going to include uh conrad's reaction to a song from the uh from the from the from the stage musical and that is the opening song of the second act brilliant way to open the open the second act um and the second act is obviously where you know he gets his cast off and he's he's doing great he's doing great and uh he goes in with uh the stepdad who's finally sort of coming to terms with connor uh Connor's deaf and sort of starting this is the funniest part is they start seeing Evan as their own child they yeah. offer him thousands of dollars to go to go to university uh it's, it's all very very fast yeah. but which Julianne Moore like angrily rejects and I get like, it I get it I would be like whatever fine like I'm not I'm not I'm not so proud like that I'm not just gonna accept proud this family yeah, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> I'll make you proud dad yeah no, yeah <laughs> well uh, pride is a big thing I'm gonna be honest with you like pride is a big thing um you know I, I i i get that actually i did understand that characterization i felt like julianne moore was the only character in this whole film that i actually was like had empathy for um mm. obviously i have empathy for the family that uh that uh, evan's rinsing but at the same time yeah. they're involved in this mental storyline whereas julianne moore's just going to work uh and yeah. I, I and i'm not gonna lie like if i know it's in one of the worst films of all time but i i do actually like the song where it's it's talking about like there'll be no not not an, not another truck in the driveway. Actually, oh, that, I, that song that that I, song in isolation, away from this crazy motherfucking uh, thing. I actually like the idea. It's not so much that I love the song. I like yeah. the idea of the mom buck, like you know, doubling down and being like, "I'm not going anywhere." I mean, it's like it's like, come on, she's she's thirty, he's thirty five, but in yeah, yeah. in the idea of the song he anyway before, his yeah. mom. before before I mean, you go sorry it's... conrad before oh, you go on. on i just want to say i started plugging an after credits thing which i need to finish um oh, okay yeah, the go song we've got, to, we've got to get those, those hits yeah the song which we're going to be reacting to after is the song which takes place whenever they're in that office and they're talking about baseball and okay. uh it's a song which is basically like we need a metaphor for uh for like fatherhood or for trying your best or whatever yeah and the song is called to break in a glove so oh because he's got that, that like glove from like babe ruth or some shit. yeah so like that is, yeah so that's why they uh they that's they kept the baseball thing in because they didn't want the song but they kept in the scene so they kept in the one bit of characterization for the dad was like i don't know he likes baseball yeah. i guess so we're gonna we're gonna react to that song after guys okay well that's something to look forward to um yeah, I, I mean, I just wanted to mention briefly that Julianne Moore song because I think in the hands of a better songwriter, that could absolutely work. I think there's, you know, there's a there's a way to have an emotional um, reconciliation between between Evan and his mother, where where he's like, our relationship is kind of fucked because I I, I hate myself as much as I do, and um, you know, her reassuring him that she loves him, but but Julianne Moore shouting your mum isn't going anywhere your mum's staying right here over and over and over again is um it's the kind of parenting that would drive me further away from my parents uh in this situation right i think it okay. does happen i yes i'm gonna say something though Come on. this is a this is a song which really would have benefited from them going more down the uh musical route like remember mm-hmm. that remember a few songs from the musical in the heights where they really like basically let the sets melt away and were like yeah. dancing in colors and stuff 
that's where this would have benefited. Having Julianne Moore sitting there, basically a cappella singing this yeah. to a 35-year-old man, it just didn't work. It just didn't and work. Julianne Moore, she's not a bad singer, but she's yeah. not like an amazing singer either. So yeah. they're like... They're asking a lot of her. Um, to, yes, they to, are. To... But, but, but it should have been. It should have been. Like, <laughs> it should have been more abstract. It should have. It should have been away, away from, away from a set. She should have been singing into the camera. She have, so the song could have worked. But with her sitting on a couch, holding the hand of this thirty-five-year-old man, saying, "You know, your mom's not going anywhere." It just didn't work. And I, I cannot emphasize enough. This man's age is one of the biggest negatives of this film. Yeah, yeah, that, that I feel no sense of I, I feel no desire to like protect Evan Hansen because yeah. he's he's a forty seven year old predator, <laughs> yeah. um, and 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 it, 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 like it, it's like asking me to be sympathetic for a sex offender. Like I just it's not going to happen. <laughs> There's no way they could possibly achieve that. Um, okay, so just before we start wrapping this up, then so talking about things that don't really work in this movie. We we get the weird like two thirds in, and you kind of mentioned it already. It kind of happens after the uh, the Napoleon Dynamite sequence, where where he sings his song to the to the school and goes viral. I think that scene would have been better if he'd have done it to done a Daft Punk song. But you know, yeah. who am I? I don't write musicals for a living. Um, there's that. There's this like dark middle chapter where zoe's family get cancelled for some reason like online like they're because they're rich i think oh it's because but- the letter leaked and and in the letter it implied the letter that evan wrote to himself which everyone thought connor wrote it implied yeah. that uh his family didn't care about him so therefore they were all like he killed himself because you know you, you didn't care about him so they started yeah. getting cancelled yeah but it, but it's just like a weird kind of like narrative drive for like his his parents to suddenly really care about what the internet thinks about them and then and then for i i didn't actually write her name down but the the character who's like organizing the kickstarter for alana yeah which is just a great idea like to be like hey guys we're gonna kickstart yeah if i really felt like i was watching a youtube video because i get kept getting reminded of the kickstarter every like 10 minutes like how much we up to now how much you up to now Yeah, yeah call to action Call yeah. to action, guys. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like a YouTuber asking you to subscribe to their Patreon. That just like every five minutes, the Kickstarter has to come up. And if, yeah. if it hasn't come up, everyone should be asking why hasn't anyone mentioned the the, uh, the Kickstarter? But um, yeah, so apparently you can kickstart an orchard, and um, and that becomes like the thing that Evan is neglecting. That's a sign that he's you know becoming consumed by his own lie, which is a bit like it's not actually that yeah. important. Yeah, to be yeah. honest, like even, yeah, he's even getting, if yeah, Connor he's, he's, loved the that damn orchard, even yeah. if he actually gave a shit about it, the Kickstarter to plant some apple trees is not the important <laughs> thing here. Like the grieving family is the is the yeah. thing. Yeah, he's he's actually ignoring the thing that is the second second most thing, the second most important thing in order to give. <laughs> give time to the most important thing yeah it's like it's really weird as like as a a narrative thread for then someone to be like and then he does the worst thing he gives up on the kickstarter (laughs) (laughs) we're never gonna make 100 grand evan yeah we're never gonna plant those apple trees (laughs) which also like apple trees don't just disappear like they're surely the trees are still there well i think they were yeah they were gonna close it down for some reason i I don't really know why like the well, it, there, right? yeah well i suppose like maybe they were gonna well actually my wife's uh grandmother had an orchard and they she, they they did close the orchard because they're 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 demolishing it all to put up housing estates okay so that i mean maybe that's what ha- what's happened but i mean in that case 
the Kickstarter is not going to save that, is it? Like, they could, like <laughs> yeah, hundred grand's good. We're going to knock down those people's homes and put some apple trees there. All right. Yeah, yeah well, it actually did work apparently. So, um, wanted. No, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know why the family didn't. Why did the Kickstarter make them? that they go down there now like if they really cared about remembering connor so much why didn't they just go down and jump the fence when it was closed like oh. yeah exactly like the the, the the kickstarter is just this weird like kind of this weird aside that's tr- that tries to kind of draw, draw everything together to a kind of satisfying narrative conclusion uh towards the end of the second act and it doesn't really work at all no. like like most of this movie um okay so the, the last thing that i wanted to talk about with you anthony and i've, I've got to get your take on this i suspect mm-hmm. i know what you think already um but that conclusion so we're, we're fully in spoiler territory here now. Um, so if you don't want to know, how, I mean, you kind of already know because we've kind of already said it, but um, how this movie ends, tune out now. That romance and how yeah. it ends. So yeah. let's let's unpack it a little. And you, you tell me if I, if I miss anything here. But So he lies to her about knowing her brother. He constructs another life for him, which makes her, her family, Zoe's family, question her own retelling of much more horrific events like Connor threatening to kill her um yeah he gaslit her he gaslit yeah having he was having some kind of mental episode um then he agrees to take their money um he's he's happy to take their money it's only julianne moore's sense of morals which admittedly i would take their money as well so that that worries me because i'm clearly more of an evan hansen (laughs) yeah you are julianne moore (laughs) which is is one of the most damning indictments of myself as a person i've ever (laughs) i've ever had to confront to be honest um and uh, and then she eventually kind of forgives him, and the movie ends. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it ends on a positive note. Like Evan, I mean they're not together, but Evan, you know, there's birds chirping, the sun is shining. Evan, his is mom's not of, going anywhere. No, his mom is staying right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And he, and he and he is free of the well earned crippling guilt of the lie that he trapped himself in. Um, I I think this movie would have been far better if Evan Hansen had killed himself at the end. Oh God, I don't even want. I'm to not joke. joking about suicide. That's I legitimately think that would have been a far better end to the narrative arc for that. Well, character. actually, to be honest with you, you are just doing what the characters in the film did because they all said that they didn't care that their brother and their son killed them killed themselves. Yeah. They will sing no requiem. So all we're saying is. We will sing the requiem for Evan. Like no, that is, I, yeah. The, like Evan, the the kindest thing he could have done at the end of this movie is end it all so that he <laughs> others can be free of his poisonous influence. I have no sympathy for this character whatsoever. I mean, say say what you want about the the issues Evan has. He cannot judge a height. Like that. That's that's. Oh my god! It's yeah. It's like you know that bit in. Is it Batman Begins or Dark Knight, where like he's threatening that gangster and he like he's like holding him over the uh, the like those ladders at the side Shit. of like New York yeah, yeah. buildings, and the gangster's like, Dark Knight, "You need yeah. to take me to a higher building. Just fall and never kill me." And then Batman's <laughs> like, "I'm counting on it," and drops him and he breaks his legs. <laughs> that's what Evan Hansen did at the beginning of this. Like he just he he climbed a tree that's like ten feet tall and then just like eh, threw himself <laughs> off of it and broke his arm. It was a cry for help. Like I'm not making we're not making light of it here. We're, we're making we're making fun of a stupid character um he is a fictional character you know if you if if you need help uh seek help uh all that sort of thing yeah i mean we don't make light of suicide if you're actually struggling please do seek help and talk about it evan hansen is a fictional person 
very poor I, I've struggled to even call him a person to be honest because no no human that no. I've ever met would be as fundamentally flawed and evil as Evan Hansen is in this movie I think it's funny you um, say that but I got a little funny story here should take 30 <laughs> seconds I was doing a I was doing a teaching course yesterday and the guy who was giving it I'm not going to say any details but um he is basically like an author of this big teaching book in the UK at the minute and he's giving okay. this course and he uh he's talking about pupils right like you know school age children and he's saying uh he said um when you're in the classroom and uh you've got those human beings in front of you and then he went and this was this was so telling right and i thought you are you're teaching us he went he went and yes they are human beings little human beings and i thought to myself that tells me an awful lot about why would you even think of like specifying and got to clarify yeah clarifying that we like we all know children are human beings right we're all educating human beings here it's like what are you doing mate this tells me more about you than you want to tell me yeah you've revealed an awful lot about yourself (laughs) by feeling the need to clarify that um and uh yeah that's 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 how i feel about evan like i i feel like this movie is attempting to clarify that he is a human and i didn't buy it for one second too many veins in the forehead for a human for me yeah yeah too too much uh too much like bad road behind behind him <laughs> that he's traveled in those 87 years of life that he's lived um, oh god what a terrible man i ben platt i i saw him in i don't know which ones he was in he was in some of the pitch perfect movies and i remember not like i mean i don't really like those movies very much but i remember not like actively hating him but oh, no, Ben word. Platt, Ben Platt, I will say, when he started doing this, what is, what's he now, 20, 28 now or something? It's 28. So when he, I mean, when he started doing this, he would have been like 22, 23. Like, yeah. so it's not out of the own possibility of 22, 23 year old looking 17 or whatever on the stage, right? I'm sure he did. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's probably about the same age as the guy who played Connor in this movie when he started, I think. Um, yeah. So, so he, he is very good. Um, it's just that, like, even Lin Manuel Miranda wasn't stupid enough to think that he could play Usnavi in in the heights and, and Lin-Manuel Miranda as like as much as I love his music I love I love his talent he's you know we I think we could all say he loves a bit of attention like you know oh yeah yeah so he's in, mus- he's in musical theater let's not beat around the bush here <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you don't go into musical theater if you're a, if you're a shrinking violet like you, yeah. you want you want to be noticed I I want um I would like all all male leads to go the Fred Astaire route and just continue well past the point that they should with increasingly uncomfortable romances. I think there's there's a there's a Fred Astaire movie that he made in like the sixties called Funny Face, where he was, I think he's in his sixties and Audrey Hepburn's in it and she's like 20 and it's like this isn't a believable romance at all. <laughs> and uh, and that's that's the route I see for for Ben Platt and maybe Lynn Manuel Miranda as well. Who knows? Well at least he didn't play Usnavi in, in the heights as we say. But yeah. you know it is what it is. I, I think I, at least they, you know what we could say we've coming out of this film. At least there wasn't a kiss. That that's exactly my first thought when the credits roll. Did they not kiss in this movie? I do not believe they kissed, and thank goodness for that. My, I, I didn't even notice that. But I mean, it would have been statutory something. I don't know what. Yeah, I, I feel like you're probably right because if there had been a kiss, I would have, um, I would have written it down. I would have written some unkind things about that, and I, yeah, I yeah. haven't written it down. Um, okay, right, rating. Let's do it. Um. I'm going to go first because I feel like I just need to get this off my off my chest. It should surprise no one. This is a one star movie. It's awful. Don't. It's not even. I don't think this is even good in like a so bad it's good kind of way. It's just awful. Um, what what, what do you think? I, I know what you mean. I wouldn't recommend this as a so bad it's good movie. 
but I potentially, if you're around my house, might throw it on for a laugh because I think I think we'll we'll find it so bad it's good. Yeah, but I don't know if we can convince cruel, other people. A cruel test of our friendships. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we. Could, I don't think we we could convince other people of that, but I think we we could actually make it that way. Um, I. Uh, so is one the lowest rating you can go? Yeah. Well, I mean, we make the rules here. You could go zero if you really wanted to. Hmm. I'm going to go one because I think action, well, usually if you go half stars, a half will be the lowest. So one is the lowest in our scale. Yeah, there's only one movie that I've ever rated half a star on Letterboxd, breaking my own no half stars rule because I wanted to distinguish it from every other movie um, that I've seen. I can't remember the name of it, but it was so offensively bad uh, that I had to I had to d- denote it in some way. Um, okay. But yeah, one star. Um, okay, right. Well, I think that do you, do you want to i'm just going to ask you this on air so to speak do you want to yeah. record that bit now or should we do it after this i think what we'll do we'll, we'll we'll yeah we'll 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 sort of we'll hide the magic and we'll uh we'll finish the podcast and then i'll sort of spend a bit of footery time trying to get everything sorted okay lovely well okay in which case if you don't want to listen to the end of this episode you're not going to hear whatever comes next yeah so, that was a very know. natural plug guys like you know just, yeah that's just... on you <laughs> stick around to the end this is our version of like an mcu stinger where yeah. <laughs> i don't know the miss doctor i almost got it mr strange then doctor strange is going to turn up and be like you've got to come with me to fight the creed or... <laughs> yeah except it's just connor listening to how to break into glove <laughs> <laughs> and, he won't, and he won't find it funny at all. I just want to show it to him. No, and it won't get anyone excited for anything. But, you know, we're going to do it anyway. We're gonna, yeah, yeah. Everyone had to start somewhere. Um, but before we do that, uh, we're going to end this, as we always do, uh, with one simple question. And that is, Anthony, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is actually In the Heights, I will say. I have okay. went back and listened to a lot of the soundtrack of that. And I it was a much better musical than than this was. Yeah, I, I think um, nothing, nothing brings... Uh, competent musicals uh into uh or nothing elevates my opinion of competent mm. musicals more than musicals like this that are just utterly utterly joyless yeah. um and in the heights um yeah it had some great music in it had some great yeah. music in it i, I actually went in a, in a similar vein went for the wizard of oz because you can never fail with the wizard of oz really yep. um okay cool well that's going to do it for us so uh, thank you to nancy wyatt and jared scarrett for the use of our theme song check out links to their stuff down in the uh, the description below and thank you to you for joining us uh, please consider subscribing to us we are the culture cave on youtube and we're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps uh, give the show a like get involved in the comments it really does uh, help with engagement and we will see you same time same place next week your mom isn't going anywhere like a truck <laughs> there'll be no u-haul truck in- i can just imagine when he's like 30 35 she goes into his room and goes there's a u-haul truck in our driveway <laughs> you are going somewhere you yep, can't stay right home. here